we continue in our studies this morning in the book of Luke. And I'm so excited by this passage this morning because once again we see the love of Jesus Christ and the power of Almighty God on display. And I pray as you read these passages, it won't just be humdrum to you. I've read this all before. Yes, I know. I've heard these stories. May they hit you anew. May they empower you for your work every day. Because this very same Lord Jesus Christ, who here performs these miraculous miracles with such power, is the very same Lord Jesus Christ who is with you and I. He has not changed. So let's see what God has to say to us. Let's submit ourselves to him this morning. Let's ask him to empower us and equip us to serve him for that little while while we are here on this earth. Luke chapter 5. And we're reading this morning from verses 12 to 16. While he, that is Jesus, was in one of the cities, behold, there was a man covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And he stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left the man. And Jesus ordered him to tell no one. But go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them. That's the priests. But the news about Jesus was spreading even further, and large crowds were gathering to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. And Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Now, the two parallel passages, we're not going to turn to both. The one is in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 4. But we're going to turn to the other passage, and that's from Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. So I'd ask you to turn there as well. Mark chapter 1, verses 40 to 45. This is like a second camera zooming in on the same scene. And it gives us a slightly different slant on those happenings that day. Mark chapter 1, verse 40. And a leper came to Jesus, beseeching him and falling on his knees before him and saying, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Moved with compassion, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he sternly, and that is Jesus, and Jesus sternly warned him and immediately sent him away. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priests, and offer, and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. But he, that is the man, went away and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the news around to such an extent that Jesus could no longer publicly enter a city but stayed out in the unpopulated areas. And they were coming to him from everywhere. What is the one disease today which everyone fears the most? No, in the Western world it's cancer. 
But in worldwide, the statistics say that it is AIDS. People fear AIDS as they fear nothing else. And in Jesus' day, the AIDS of that day was, in their language, called lepra. But it was wider than leprosy. It was a wide variety of diseases all classed into one. But leprosy was amongst the biggest ones of those that the people feared like people fear AIDS today. Today, leprosy is called Hansen's disease. And there's doctors in here, so I have to watch what I say. But Hansen's disease, they say, affects 15 million people today. That is an amazing amount of people. There is a treatment today if they can get to it in time. But if the effects have already come in, they can't do anything about it. It's a terrible disease. And I didn't want to put pictures up here, so I've just put this picture up for you today. This disease results in open and putrefying sores that start developing on the skin. It can affect the people's limbs and fingers to such an extent that the fingers, after a while, might even fall off. And I'll come back to that later. Facial features are eaten away. You'll see, typically, if you look on the internet and steal yourself before you do, but people appear there with photos of people with no noses. All the soft tissue eaten away. Their eyes, some people have lost their eyes. The empty eye sockets are there. No ears on them. Holes in their heads. It's a terrible disease. And in some it even attacks inside them in their larynx and they can't speak properly. Another form attacks the central nervous system. And... It results in the victim not being able to feel pain at all in their limbs. And so as a result of that, they might get burns or they might pick up things and don't notice that the items are too heavy and they're cutting into their fingers. There have even been instances where people have lost fingers overnight or had damaged fingers because they've been sleeping in third world situations and the rats come at night and eat away at their fingers and they don't know. They carry on sleeping. They find out the next morning. It's terrible. When infection sets in because they can't feel it, often degeneration of tissue takes place and the limb can become deformed. And then after a while, because of no use, it might even fall off in severe cases. But you know, that's not the worst part of leprosy. The worst part of leprosy is inside here because they become social outcasts. In the Old Testament, In the New Testament and even today, countries like India, South America on those rubbish dumps of those big cities in Africa, people become social outcasts. They live in isolation. They're not allowed to live near other people. And so they live out on those city rubbish dumps. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, people would live in caves near the rubbish dumps. They'd live between carcasses, the unclean area. They'd live between excrement, which was lying around openly. They'd they'd live between the waste. It was so bad, they weren't allowed into the cities. They had to, if they could speak, that if they needed to go in, at the risk of being stoned to death by law, they would have to shout out, unclean, unclean. And if they couldn't speak because of the leprosy, they had to get a little boy or girl to run ahead of them 
and to shout, unclean, unclean. They were called the living dead. If you've seen the movie Ben-Hur, if you've seen the movie Ben-Hur, they do an amazing portrayal, a very accurate portrayal of what it was like to be a leper. It was a terrible disease. And so when we read in our Bibles, and there was a leper and he was covered with leprosy, there's a big picture here. If that doesn't bring up compassion already in your heart, you've really got to ask yourself, Am, have I got a heart for people? And so we come to this amazing cleansing that happens that the Lord Jesus Christ is involved in. Verses 12 to 13 in your text, back in Luke chapter 5. Our text says that while Jesus was in one of the cities, he was on the outskirts of the big cities. He was just in one of the smaller cities around the main centers. And also in those areas, lepers were banned, but they used to keep a closer vicinity to these smaller cities. And they used to risk stoning because they had to survive, and so they would scrounge food where they could. And people from the cities would leave food for them in specific places, and the people would risk stoning but come and fetch that food and then go back into the leper colony. And so here we have this leprous man, and the Apostle Luke, remember he's a physician, he notes that this man was covered in leprosy. In other words, he was an extreme case. Nothing more could be done for him, humanly. And here comes this man at the risk of his own life, the risk of being stoned to death. He comes at all costs because he's heard that Jesus of Nazareth is here. He sees Jesus as his last hope. Why does he do that? Well, the Bible doesn't say, but he must have heard that Jesus was around. Maybe he saw with his eyes that Jesus of Nazareth, and he asked, who is this man? Why are these crowds following? Is this Jesus? I've heard what he's done. I've heard that he's healed people. I've heard that he's cast out demons. I've heard about the big catch of fish that happened there. This is Jesus. He's my last hope. And we see that in the way he reacts to Jesus. Listen to what he says to Jesus, verse 12. When he saw Jesus, this leprous man fell on his face and implored him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, some people have criticized the scriptures by saying, well, he was just coming as an unimportant man to an important man, saying, Lord. Well, the words used in scripture are not those words. The specific word he uses here is for God, Lord. And when he says, you can make me clean, the very specific word he uses there is for you, God. And so those people haven't read their Bibles properly. And if you've got a Bible that shows capitals, you'll see, you'll note that the U is with the capital Y. He recognized who Jesus was and he falls down on his face before the Lord Jesus. He says, Lord, if you are willing, I know that you can make me clean again. He comes in a position of humility and worship before God. You see, here's a second instance in the Gospels of faith in action. The first one was Peter, 
when he recognized Jesus for who he was at that big catch, he fell down before Jesus at Jesus' feet and he, and he said, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And here's the second record. This man falling at Jesus' feet. You see, you see the doubt in his words there? He, he says, Lord, if you are willing, but I know you can clean me, Lord. I know you can do it. You see, maybe in the back of his mind he was wondering, is Jesus going to reject me like the society around me wants to push me away and reject me as well? Is he going to listen to me? I'm a leprous man. And he falls at Jesus' feet and says, Lord, if you are willing, just endure me here for a few seconds before you, Lord. I know you can heal me. He's sure of Jesus' power. He knows that no one but Jesus can heal him. Remember Luke said he's in advanced state of leprosy. Now, look at Jesus. This is for me an amazing testimony of Jesus' heart shown to us. And if you can't see the compassion in the Lord Jesus Christ, then you need to go back to Scripture and look again. Look at Jesus' compassion. Remember the rules surrounding lepers. You see, to touch a leper was just not done. You didn't touch a leper. Firstly, you may get leprosy. But secondly, and more important to the people, you might become unclean ceremonially. And then you have to go through the whole cleaning process or the cleansing process. But look at Jesus, the Son of God. Here the man is at his feet and Jesus stretched out his hand, says our scripture, and he touched him. What that touch must have meant to that leper. I bet no one had touched him for a very long time. And here this important man, the Son of God, touches him. You see, there are some, again, who criticize and some who make misuse of this passage. And they say, well, if we want to heal someone, we need to touch them. We need to. It wasn't in the touch, people. It was in the power of God that was at work. But Jesus reaches out as one human being to another human being, as the Son of Man to a man, and he touches the man. And that touch must have meant so much to this leper. Jesus does the unthinkable thing. No one would dare to touch a leper. Mark chapter 1 verse 41 says this, Jesus was moved with compassion. In his heart, Jesus felt sorry for him and he touches him. And then look what he says. I am willing. Be cleansed. Note the interaction here. And I've broken it up a bit like this. The leper. Lord, if it is your will, you can heal me. Jesus, I am willing. The leper, you can cleanse me, Lord. Jesus, I can indeed be cleansed. Do you see that human interaction? I love the Lord Jesus Christ for his compassionate heart. Lord, make me more compassionate like you are compassionate. He does the impossible as well. And immediately the leprosy left him. Now, if you're a doctor in the room, this is how you wish you could heal. Be healed. And a person is healed. Wow. Jesus did it. The leprosy left him. One moment he was full of leprosy, as Luke describes him. The next moment, 
Scripture says, not a speck of the disease was left. It was complete. It was instantaneous. And you know, the miraculous thing is today that that same work, is, that same, same work is still available to you and I today. It's the same work which cleansed the leprosy from, Na- from Naaman back in 2 Kings chapter 5. Remember that story? Naaman had to go and dip inside that dirty Jordan River and he didn't want to, but he did. And when he came up for the seventh time, it's recorded in 2 Kings chapter 5, his skin was restored to that of a little child. Now, if you're a bit older here, you'll know what happens with age. I know, I look in the mirror. We get all crinkle cut. You see, when Jesus heals, he heals perfectly. You see, what Jesus is doing is not second rate. He doesn't just fix up the old thing. Jesus recreates when he heals. Do you get the difference? He recreates when he heals. This leper, we don't, we're not told what the extent of his leprosy was. We know he was covered in leprosy. We don't know if he had fingers, nose, eyes, ears, whatever he had. But we do know that Jesus healed him perfectly and instantly. It was complete. Jesus recreated. Isn't he the Word? Who created all things at the beginning? The Word, Jesus. And here he recreates. Now, don't miss the picture of redemption there. When Jesus heals, he heals perfectly. And we'll get back to that. But put that in your minds already over there. Now, let's look at this command in verse 14. Go with me to your text. And Jesus ordered this man to tell no one, but to go and show himself to the priest and to make an offering for his cleansing, just as Moses commanded as a testimony to them, that is the priests. Tell no one, says Jesus. Show yourself to the priests and make an offering. If you want to know more about what was involved here, I urge you, we haven't got time today, to go to Leviticus chapters 13 and 14. They are some of the longest chapters in the Bible. And they give in great detail everything to do with leprosy, clothes worn by lepers, the process involved with cleansing, tents that were lived in by lepers, the whole thing. But there's a point to that, you see. God wants to show his nation Israel And leprosy was often equated to sin. That sin is an abomination before the Lord. And yes, you've got to go through a whole process lasting many, many, many days when you sin before the Lord. Because I am a holy God and you are a sinful people. That's what God was trying to show in Leviticus. But here, leprosy, Jesus now equates to sin. And that's why when he says, go and show yourself to the priest, that was a procedure that All people knew if you wanted to be made ceremonially pure again, you had to go and be inspected by the priests. You had to go and offer a sacrifice. And once that that whole process was done, then you would be declared clean. And then you could rejoin society. And so Jesus says to him, go to the priest, show yourself to the priest, tell no one, go and make that offering. And what does the man do? He's just seen a miracle. He disobeys.
Why did Jesus, I always wondered in this passage, why did Jesus tell him not to tell anyone, by the way? Well, we're not told directly. We're kind of given hints, and you can look in Mark chapter 1, verse 45. But was, was Jesus trying to forestall a nationalistic and a political movement starting up with him at the center? Well, maybe. Because historically, politically, that's where the Jews were at. They were fed up with the Romans. And they were looking for a national leader. So, maybe. Was it to pre- prevent a premature crisis suddenly flaring up? And the Romans would come in and try and quell it. Jesus knew he still had ministry to do. We're not told. Jesus does, however, give a positive command to this man. He says, go and present yourself to the priest. Now, this involved a process of eight days. If, if the man was healed, it involved a process of eight days. If not, if there's a speck of leprosy, it was eight days and eight days and eight days and checking and eight days and it went on for quite a long time. But with this man, because he was perfectly healed, it would be eight days. And Jesus says to him, go and present yourself to the priests and then you'll be fully restored and you'll come back fully into religious and social fellowship with the people. What was involved? Well, firstly, the man in the New Testament had to take two clean and living birds. Now, by clean, it didn't mean go and wash off the little sparrow. No, it had to be a clean bird listed among the clean animals. So you couldn't take a vulture, for instance. It was a carrion eater. It was seen as unclean. But a sparrow, that was seen as clean. And so, no, you didn't dip your sparrow. You took your two sparrows to the priest and you presented them to the priest. What the priest did with them, that's his manner. One sparrow had to be killed over running water. That's what God instructed back in Leviticus. And there's all kinds of symbolism around this, and I haven't, we can't go into all this this morning. The other bird was then dipped in the dead bird's blood, and it was then released. Do you get the picture? I wonder what went through that sparrow's head, but anyway. <laughs> but let's, let's get the serious notes of this. One sparrow was killed over running water. The other sparrow was then dipped into the blood of that bird and then set free. And you must get that picture. The blood of the dead bird was then also sprinkled over the healed man seven times. Do you get that picture? The blood was sprinkled on the man. This was before Jesus Christ died, by the way. It was pointing to him. And then if the priests were satisfied that there was not a speck of leprosy left on this person, then they would be pronounced cured. But this was more than just a disease, you see. It was a picture of sin before God. It was a picture of the whole process which had to be gone through because God was holy and the people were unholy. It was pointing to a disease of the soul. You know, and today too, like leprosy, sin anesthetizes us to itself. And it anesthetizes our conscience so that we cannot see the sin in our lives until it is big. That's the nature of sin. We can't see it. Others can see it sometimes when it's big enough. But we can't because sin anesthetizes us to itself. And it eventually, if you leave it in your life, it will destroy, but it will bring severe harm if we leave sin unattended to. But there's a beautiful but in Scripture. Praise the Lord. There's also here, in this little picture here, with the priest, 
there is a picture of blood which washes away the guilt of sin. And thank the Lord for including that here with this leprous man. There is a picture here of blood which makes atonement or payment for sin. And you would have heard all about that last week in God's timing at this church. The blood of Jesus Christ, which would be shed on the cross, it hadn't been shed yet. It was pointing to the same Lord Jesus Christ. But till then, the blood of animals had to atone. And so animals had to die. Sparrows had to be killed and sprinkled, and their blood sprinkled on people. So it was pointing to the seriousness of sin. Are we with that? Now, we back to our leper. I'm out of my brackets. Did he obey? He'd just seen a miracle. He'd just been cleansed. What does he do? And don't point the finger at the leper. Ask yourself, am I like this man? He goes and he goes and blabs all over town what Jesus just done. Now, in a way, I don't blame the leper. Because if it was me, I'd probably do the same. I've just been healed. I was dying. And now I'm living. I can't keep quiet about less things than that. If there was Facebook, he would have been on there. He would have a lot of ticks there. And what do they call those things? Likes. But he goes and blabs against Jesus' instruction. You know, the one thought that just came to mind is this. Jesus goes and tells this man to be quiet, but he tells everyone. Before we point the finger at him, Jesus tells us to tell everyone, yet we keep quiet. Why do we always do the opposite of what God wants? And as a result, Jesus' work is affected. Because now, even bigger crowds than before come around Jesus. And Jesus, it says, had to stay. If you look at the other accounts that we looked at, he now had to stay and work on the outskirts. Okay, there wasn't place in the cities anyway for this massive crowd following Jesus. But Jesus now had to stay out in the outlying areas. And he had to do his work there. And it also says, and don't miss this in your text, by the way, that Jesus had to slip away for prayer. Don't miss that. Vast crowds were coming in on Jesus. And he, even in his busyness, had to find time and go and spend it with his father. Well, that's the story in Scripture. We come to the so what Okay, great, exciting story. How does that affect me? I want to point out five areas to you this morning. And I ask the Holy Spirit now to speak to your heart. And if this is an area or if some of these are areas you need to work on with Him, then I pray He does that in you now. These are the five areas. What is your leprosy as you sit here today? I know we are all. We've all got one disease on us. What's that? Sin. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Romans 5 verse 12 says this. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. All. That's you and I. Every single one of us. And so we have leprosy as well. We are all born into this condition. It infects every single part of us. Every single faculty That consists of us, our heart, our conscience, our mind and our will. It is all infected or full of 
as this leper was, sin. Your body might be healthy, you might be the fittest person here, but if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are in dead serious danger because you are covered in sin. I love it what Paul says. He says, who will deliver us from this body of death? Thank God that Jesus Christ can. He is the divine physician. He can make old things pass away and all things become new. In Jesus Christ is life today. And if you do not yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter how good you feel. Come to him. You've got leprosy of the soul. Come to him, fall before him like this leper and ask for God's forgiveness. Ask for his cleansing today. Don't leave it. You might not make it later. Come to him today. God's word is coming out to you. He will cleanse you with his own blood shed for you on the cross. But you must come. You must come to Jesus. Or maybe you suffer from some physical ailments. At least come in humble prayer before God. And if He is willing, He will and He can heal you. But you must come. See your doctor, but come to God as well. He can and will heal. If that is His will. Secondly, this morning I want to put this challenge to you. Will you be healed? Will you be healed this morning? You see, we need the same attitude of humility as this leper. Lord, if you are willing, you can heal. You see, this leper did not just need to be saved. He wanted to be saved. There's a big difference there. He wanted to be saved. Someone's once said, if men are not saved, it is not because Jesus is not willing to save them. It's because they haven't come. If you are not spiritually healed, it's not because Jesus is not willing to heal you. Have you come to him to be healed? Have you come to Jesus as a believer today with that anger, with that impatience, with that bitterness that's in you, with that hatred, with that coldness of heart towards him and others, with that slowness to obey him, with all those habits which creep up on you? Have you come to the Lord Jesus Christ and asked him to forgive you? There is medicine to heal your sickness, but you must take it in. You're getting the message? You must come And you must take it in. It is there for you and I. Jesus drank the bitter cup of death so that you and I can be healed and have life in him. Be healed. Or maybe this morning you will be like that leper and you will be disobedient. The Holy Spirit has been prompting you for quite a while about certain issues in your life if you're a believer, but you have been pushing him aside. You've been stilling your conscience. You've been pushing God away and you will not turn to him with that specific leprosy of the soul. Come to God and be healed. You need to come. Don't let it spread out in you. Like leprosy, it will cause damage and it will kill. You see, the conscience is dulled in two ways. And I want to warn you of this. Listen to this. You might hear this. You might recognize this. There is nothing wrong with you. It's only small. Don't believe it. Leprosy is leprosy. It will kill. You are beyond help. This is too big. 
Jesus Christ can heal. He is Almighty God. You are in danger. Come to Him and be healed. Thirdly, is your leprosy too big for Jesus? I had a man in my office on Friday and this is what he said. It's too big for God. I've been living like this my whole life. How can God heal this? And I had to take him to passages in Scripture and show him. God's love is endless. We've been singing about it all morning. Scripture passages saying he is almighty. What is almighty? He can do all things. Your leprosy is not too big for Jesus. The same almighty will, the same infinite loving and sympathetic and compassionate heart is still there for you. He loves you. Jesus still does the unthinkable and the impossible. Today, come to Jesus Christ with all those things which seem so big. Come to Him. And if you're a believer here today and you've got an issue you've never dealt with in your life and it's been following you around like a big millstone, come to Jesus Christ. Let Him take it away. No longer live with that. You cannot be an effective Christian for Him with a large millstone that keeps bashing you in the knees and pulling your neck down. You need to give it to Jesus Christ. Let Him make you effective for Him. Turn with me to two passages, please. And then we're nearly through. John chapter 3, verse 17. John chapter 3, verse 17. This is what it says. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. Are you included in the world? You are if you're breathing. You're included. Jesus Christ can save. Now turn with me to Second Peter, near the end of your Bible. Second Peter, chapter 3, verse 9. Take this promise to heart this morning. The Lord is not slow about His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. But then other passages tell us that come while you can come. Because the Lord might not tug at your heart forever. He might leave you. Now, the fourth area, and this is where it gets practical for us as a church. This is where it gets practical for you as you live here in Wanganui, in Wanganui East at Wanganui East Baptist Church. Are you willing to reach out and touch the untouchables and the unlovely and the unloved in this community? God has put us here for a purpose. It is not to be holy and cozy here as a church. Yes, we must be holy, but not cozy. Yes, we can be friendly, but we have to get out there into the community and to be salt and light for Jesus Christ. That's why he keeps us here on this earth and in this place. Get out of the safe zone of the church. Get out of all the church activities. And I'm not saying stop going. Do what God has told you to do as well. What about our prison? We've got the prison chaplain of the Wanganui prison here. We've put out requests several times. And yet have we received one volunteer who will go? I'm afraid no. There's a challenge to us. 
Reach the untouchables. Touch them. What about our mental hospitals and the institutions in this town? Are you willing to go and serve as a volunteer? To work with people who are hurting? Or are you in your safe zone? What about the aged and the lonely in our rest homes? Are you willing to go and to spend and have a quiet word and a prayer with them? You know, there are many in this town. Every time I go to one of the rest homes up close here, they ask me, please come and pray for me. They don't go to this church, but they want to be loved. They want to be prayed for. There's so few of us who are there. There are so many out there. Can you join us and touch the untouchables? Touch those who are lonely and unloved. What about being a safe home? For children from Open Home Foundation. We've had someone here speaking to us about it. Have we had any volunteers? Not that I know of. The challenge is out there. Are we staying in our safe zone? Are we reaching out to those who are unloved? What about our friendship lunches? It's the same old people who pitch up there every Thursday when we do it. We need people to sit with those who feel unloved. To just hear their story. And yes, you'll hear mad and crazy stories. doesn't matter. It's the love that we reach out for. That's what works. So reach out and touch people for Jesus Christ. And then lastly this morning, in case you missed it, how important is prayer to you? There right at the end of that passage in verse 16, but we can't miss it. This is the Son of God needing prayer. How important is prayer to you and I, especially when we tend to ignore him because things are so busy. I'm the pastor of this church. I'm guilty of this and I say it before you. I sometimes say, I am too busy, Lord. I can't pray now. While scripture saying to me, stop being busy. Pray. Because otherwise your business is not doing anything. Pray. You know, sometimes the best thing we can do in the middle of life is just to slow down and to listen to God. We make a serious error if we argue that we don't have time. For what we need under pressure is God's presence and his calming involvement in your life. Stop and pray. And so God's word puts a challenge out to you and I this morning. In the words of that leper, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus' words to him, He replies to you and I as well today. I am willing. Be cleansed. But will you come? Let's pray. Lord, our Heavenly Father, we hear about this leper. We hear about the ravages of this terrible disease. And there are so many other terrible Results of sin around us, Lord. But Lord, we also get this message of hope from your word today. That you are almighty God. That you are the unchanging God. That you still have the almighty power you had when you healed this man. And that power and that love and that compassion is still available to us today. If we will but come. Lord, Help us to push past our pride. Help us to push past that little voice that says, it won't hurt you. It's not so bad. May we deal with sin in our lives so that it won't grow bigger and have ripples and consequences which will be far bigger than anything we've ever thought of. 
Lord, be merciful. And through your Spirit today, I pray, draw people here who need this help to come and to receive help from you, Almighty God. Amen.